She's encouraging, inspiring, and totally hilarious. Mom of four and founder of Faith Mamas, Dominique Young, is on the show today to talk about what the world says is good versus what God says is good. How do they relate to each other and how does it apply to motherhood? Stay tuned in, my friend. This is a conversation that is going to completely change your perspective on the really hard parts of motherhood. Motherhood is hard, and we don't have to carry the weight of it alone. Come grab a cup of coffee as we chat about how to apply our faith to motherhood so we can live each day with the kind of joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm your host, Hannah Lapsansky, and this is the Moms Grab Coffee Podcast. So when we think about what the world says is good versus what God says is good, we might think that we know exactly how those things are different. But sometimes going back and truly understanding the fundamental parts of, say, defining a word like good and then putting in the context of the world versus, you know, what the mission of God is or what the true heart of God is can be incredibly helpful and completely change how you see and approach things. A pastor at a church I used to attend used to do this all the time. He would take very basic words that you think you completely understand and then define it, put it into context, and give us practical applications for our life. It was so incredibly helpful, and some of those sermons have stuck with me for many, many years. So Dominique's going to do that for us today, and I promise you are going to be so encouraged and so energized for the mission of God. So friend, let's get into it. Without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome Dominique Young. Oh man, well this is so exciting. I'm really excited to speak with you because you've actually been on my mind for several months. I'm like, oh man, I gotta get her on the show. But it really wasn't until I heard your sermon that I was like, that's the one. That's it. I love your message. I love your passion. I love what you're doing with Faith Mamas. And so thanks so much for joining me today. Yes, I'm excited to be here. This is great. Yes, yes. And I get your emails every morning, mornings with Jesus. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have not made it at 6 a.m. yet. I I don't know how you do that every single morning with kids. Like, what's your secret? That's the only time my kids are quiet. So that's the only time (laughs) it happens. (laughs) Oh, man. How do you get yourself out of bed? That's my trouble. I'm a morning person. So I've kind of always been that way. So I'm usually awake about four. Um, Yeah, I like the quiet of the morning. So that's just always Mm -hmm. kind of been my thing, except when I was when I had infants. It was not my thing with infants. With infants, (laughs) I slept in until I couldn't anymore. (laughs) You have to, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into the topic today. So we're going to talk about good. And like I said, loved your sermon on that because I think today, you know, funnily enough, we struggle with good and not only kind of your basic definitions of what the world says is good versus what God says is good, but I feel like just the word good is getting muddier. Like the definitions of it have become so, so foggy. Yeah. Um, today, especially, you know, over the past couple of years. And so I would love for you to to ground us today in what God says is good, because that's truth. That's not going to shake. 
that definition is not going anywhere. Um, and so I want to start with a very popular verse, Romans 8, 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are, ca- and are called according to his purpose for them. So Dominique, tell us, how does the world, let's start with how does the world tend to define good? Well, one of the things that I noticed, at least for me, is that typically when we talk about good in the world, it has to do with like comfort or something I want. So like, for instance, good might be a certain number on a paycheck, right? Or good might be a certain number of rooms in a house um, or a certain type of car. This car is good or, you know, even better than this car. Um, it could be, it's a variety of different things, but usually it's, it's rooted in very material things. Right. And which makes sense because it's a material world and we try to grab hold of as many material items as we can. And typically when we talk about good, it's talking about material items, but also there's a, a definition that's coming around when we're talking about good. It's like, you know, time, how much time do I have? That's good. Or, you know, what can I accomplish with this or that? That's good. So it's very, uh, it's about what I want to achieve, what I want to grab hold of, all of the different material things that we can think about um, in the world would be good, I think, to the world in a, in a sense. Yeah, and I th- I'm glad you brought up things like time because those may- might not be um, as much in the forefront as it is the material things. But you're right, when it comes to more of those um, immaterial definitions of good, especially in the mom world, I've been doing a lot of research into that. Uh, what is a good mom? And you're right, it is juggling all the things or going after a great career or, um, you know, having lots of time to yourself, self-care, got to do that, right? So all of those things can be good. It's not that, you know, a car is a bad thing or having time to yourself is a bad thing, but they're shaky, right? Because we're, we as humans are making that definition. So let's move to, let's juxtapose those definitions to God's definition of good. Yeah. And I want to also say one of the things about this term good is that it is rooted in the mission of the person that's speaking. So when I say good, it may be different than when someone else says good um, based on my mission. Like what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? And when God says good, it's very important that we understand what his mission is, right? what his mission is. And the, the scripture that you read, this word good, which in the Greek is this word agathos, which means for the benefit of. So it's like, well, what is God's mission, first of all? And when we look throughout scripture, God's mission is the reconciliation and redemption of humanity back to God through Jesus Christ. So anything he deems as good is going to align with the redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to God through Jesus Christ. When I say good, I might be saying, oh, it will be good that I have all this time because my mission is to have more time. So that's good to me. Mm -hmm. But with God, his mission is the redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to God through Jesus Christ, which is why Jesus dying on a cross to some did not look good because it looked like pain, it looked like suffering, it looked really hard, it looked like weakness. But to God, if the mission of God is the redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to himself, 
then Jesus had to die on the cross. And if Jesus had to die on the cross, then what looked bad to some was actually got good because it fulfilled the mission of God. That was a lot. I hope it made sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that definitely made sense. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that when it comes to those hard questions that we as Christians might be grappling with, or, you know, a lot of non-believers grapple with it as well. Um, and that is, why does God allow hard things? Why does God allow tragedy? Why doesn't he intervene? So we're going to get there. Um, but let's talk about the relationship between the um, world's definition of good and God's definition. When we think about things like uh, you know, having more time to ourselves, or you know, maybe we do want that bigger house. Are those things that we should set aside, or um, you know, if we're trying to go after and fulfill what God says it's good, that's our priority. How do we think about all the things that the world says is good, or maybe we, you know, those are things that we want. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think even as moms, that comes up a lot because there's things that we want for our kids and there's yeah. some good things that we just want in our lives or material items that we want in our lives. And is that bad? No. Like, should we not want these things? No. However, we have to understand that we have to put it in perspective, right? It's okay. I want these things. And I may ask God for these things. And I may lay them at the feet of Lord and say, hey, God, I would love this job, or I, I would really like this or that. But we also have to understand that God has a mission and his answer may be no to some of the things that we want right now. And that's okay. And if his answer is no, or if those things don't happen, it's not because God is doesn't want to give us good things. It's because his definition of good is different. And so mm -hmm. though I may like, for instance, right now, like there is, there is something that I want. I like, I wanted a bigger house, right? We have four kids. So I, we have four kids. Um, my cousin lives here, my husband, myself, there's seven people in this house. And I'm <laughs> like, Oh, we need a bigger house, right? I'm thinking, Oh, it's going to be so good. If we get a bigger house, we need a bigger house. And all this stuff. And so of course I take it to God in prayer about this bigger house and, you know, can you help us get this bigger house? And I didn't feel any type of way of, about taking that to God. I know that God is able and he's who I should be going to. However, as I was praying, I just felt in my spirit, you don't need a bigger house. Take care of the house you have. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, we need a bigger house. <laughs> but what God began to show me is that um, if he needs to do something here, am I okay with that? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yep. And that's where it comes. It's like recognizing that, yeah, I may want these things, but but if God needs me here, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be. I may want this and I may want that, but ultimately what trumps all of that is, God, I want to be where you want me to be no matter what. And being in the will of God is the good thing. Because even though it doesn't look like, man, I'm telling you, I had the house picked out in my mind of what <laughs> kind of house I wanted. I was ready. I had the completely ready. I knew exactly what it was. But just mm -hmm. knowing that, hey, but God, if this is where you want me, this is where I'll be. And I'll trust you right here that this is good. We have to understand that most of Paul's letters, so Roman is, Romans is a letter that Paul wrote, but mo many of 
Paul's other letters he wrote from prison, right? He wrote mm-hmm. from prison. He is one of the, yeah. <laughs> in the New Testament, he wrote most of the letters probably because he spent so much time in prison. He had a ton of time to write. <laughs> he had a lot of time to write. And it didn't look good to a lot of people. Actually, Paul said people left him because they just couldn't understand why he was always in prison. I mean, he was always <laughs> in prison. So they couldn't understand it. And they thought maybe something was wrong with his theology. Maybe something was wrong with what he was doing because he was in you know, a lot of seasons of what looked like suffering. But one of the things that we have to understand about God is that God's mission is the redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to himself. And wherever he wants us in order to accomplish that or share that hope with someone else, then so be it, right? And I may want all these things and they're not bad, but if God wants me somewhere else and places me there, I've got to trust him there that good will come here. Yes, yes. That trusting process. So let's take the example of the house where you really wanted it. You saw the vision. You knew exactly where everyone was going to go and all of that. To submission to God. Okay, God, you want me here and I'm going to trust that you have something for me in this house right now. What did that journey practically look like? Was it a lot of prayer or how did you get there? It was a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, and a lot of studying the Bible. So I love just studying the Bible. And then I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you're reading something that just jumps out and you're like, mm-hmm. yep. oh, okay, let me lean in here because I know that this is something that the Lord is speaking to me on. And I remember I was reading, actually, we've been doing this journey through the Gospels. And over and over in the Gospels, you see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's sweating what it says looks like blood. And he's, he's saying, you know, if this, if this can pass for me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy, thy will be done. And it just jumped out to me. And all of a sudden this question popped in my head. Jesus was not talking about no house y'all, but for some reason, this question popped in my head. Would you be okay if I asked you to stay? Mm. And I was like, what, what does this have to do with Jesus in the garden? (laughs) (laughs) But I realized that God was dealing with my heart. Would I be okay if God asked me to stay right here to accomplish his mission? And I began to realize that, you know what? I have something I want and that's not bad. However, am I willing to lay it down for God? Am I willing to lay it down for God? And that's what it looked like for me. It was a lot of prayer and, you know, Bible study. And then it just, this one scripture just really jumping out to me over and over. And that one question just landing in my heart repeatedly. And I'll be honest, the first time that that question landed in my heart, I was like, wait, so does that mean I don't get the house? Like, what, is this? <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? Hey, hold on. <laughs> oh, hold on. But then I realized, you know what? The mission of God is good, whether or not I get this house, whether or not I get this. Mm-hmm. And if God is asking me to stay, I want to be where he wants me to be because his mission is better than this house that I'm thinking of. Again, there's nothing wrong with wanting a house, but am I willing to lay it down for what God's mission is and what he's saying is good in this season, even if it's uncomfortable for me? Yeah. And I want to repeat something. This was a process for you, right? So just because 
you're questioning God or or you still want that, it doesn't mean your faith is lacking. Maybe the spirit needs to work a little bit more on your heart to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. So continuing in prayer, continuing in uh, you know, studying the Bible uh, will get you there, but it's a process, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's get to those really hard questions. God, why do you allow hard things? Why don't you intervene if my child is sick? Um, to maybe more of those, maybe not life-threatening situations. God, I want a new job. Why won't you get me out of this this job, or you know, why won't you get me out of this hole that I'm in? Why doesn't God intervene? You know, the amazing thing about Scripture is that it shows many instances in which God does intervene, and when He does intervene, it's tough. Like, there's a lot of times where He's intervened, and it it was tough. Like a lot of times we say, "Well, God, why don't you deal with the evil in the world?" Mm-hmm. And we have to understand what we're asking for. A lot of times we don't understand what it means when God intervenes to to deal with the evil in the world. There was um, somebody that says, well, what at what level do I want God to intervene at the evil in the world? Do I want God to intervene at the murder level or do I want God to intervene at the lying level? And we begin to realize, oh, oh we all kind of fit in to some of this intervention that we want and we would all... Um, be in a tough spot if he really intervened the way that we want him to. But another thing that we have to understand is that Christ said, in this world, you will have trouble. Like he said Mm -hmm. it. And though we don't want to accept it, he said it. So we have to take it as the truth. In this world, you will have trouble. And he said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So my hope has to not be in my perfect circumstances but in Christ. And this goes back to um, good, right? My, My idea of good has to be rooted in the mission of God. Because if my idea of good is rooted in the world, I will constantly be disappointed. This world is a dying world. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And there's going to be trouble here. There's going to be heartache here. There's going to be heartbreak here. And Jesus, the, I love Jesus. He's always honest. He said it. He let his disciples know it's going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. Following me is going to be hard. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be rejected. You're going to have trouble in the world. There's things that's going to happen that you're not going to like. We watch throughout scripture. We, you know, I used to want to like breeze through these parts, but like even when we look at um, how the church grew, the church grew and there was so much hard. I mean, you think about Stephen sharing the gospel and getting stoned to death right afterwards. Or you think mm-hmm. about Paul spreading the gospel and spending most of his time in prison. Like there is going to be hard things. You think about Paul also praying, saying, hey, I got this thorn in my side. Can you please remove it? And God saying, my grace is sufficient. So we know that so many people walk through so many things. We see Paul writing to Timothy and and letting Timothy know that he needs to drink a certain drink in order for his stomach to feel better because he had some stomach issues, right? So we see this throughout scripture and Jesus says it, it's going to, there's going to be hard things, but put your hope in me, but Mm -hmm. put your hope in me. And I think that a lot of times we want to question, well, Jesus, why do you let hard things happen? 
And the reality is we live in what we would call a sin sick world. And so Jesus said, because of where we are right now, it's, this is, this is a part of where we live. And this is a part of what Jesus was saying. This is why Jesus is like, put your hope in me because this world is going to let you down over and over again. And think about it. If the world never let us down, we wouldn't even know we needed Jesus. We would think everything we needed was right here in this world. And it's not. That's the reality of it. And whether, and, and I don't say it loosely because there are hard things happening in this world. Like, I don't want to take that for granted at all. Like, People are losing children. There, people are dealing with depression and anxiety. I myself um, deal with the, those things as well. I struggled with uh, postpartum psychosis, which is probably the craziest thing I've ever. Like, I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Can it not? I don't want it to ever happen to me ever, ever again. It was scary. There's so many things happening. There's persecution in all these places, and what I have to look to is the fact that Jesus told us this would happen. It's not shocking to him. And so put my hope in him. It's through him that good happens here. And and some of the difficulties that we have going on, it's hard. But he told us, told us it was going to happen. And it, it's a hard thing to accept, but he's never lied to us. Yep. Amen. Amen. Uh, Dominique, let's go into uh, waiting seasons. I, I just loved what you uh, said in your sermon about the heart of God, and you said it a few times today, the reconciliation, redemption of human beings. So when we're in a waiting season, what is the one thing that we need to remember? Hmm. When we're in a waiting season, the one thing that we need to remember is God is good. And the reason that I say this is because my husband, he continues to share this with me. And I think it's just one of the most powerful things. He said, you know, usually when we struggle in waiting seasons, it's because we are missing a revelation of the goodness of God and the fact that he is good always and that he's he always has redemption and reconciliation on his mind. He always has this good on his mind. So no matter what season I find myself in, I can put my hope in God because he is good and he always has good on his mind. There's always redemption on his mind. There's always reconciliation on his mind, whether it's mine or whether it's my neighbors or whether it's my children, whoever he is reaching through the situation, wherever I am, he is always doing something good. He's he always Mm -hmm. has his mission on his mind. And so that that has helped me. I think I'm in a waiting season right now. Actually, <laughs> actually, I'm in a waiting season right now. I'm like, oh, I want to get out of this waiting season. But remembering the goodness of God and that he's always good, always, no yes. matter what season I find myself in, um, mm-hmm. is really helpful during the waiting seasons because they're not they're not fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sit here and be like, woohoo. Yeah. Let's get all excited <laughs> about waiting seasons. I mean, they're not the most no fun seasons in the world, but remembering the goodness of God, that he is good no matter what season I'm in, like mm-hmm. no matter what season I find myself in, he's good. And he's always doing something good. And he always has redemption and reconciliation on his mind. I think about um, Revelation often where it says that there's going to come a point where he wipes every tear from our eyes. I think about that in the waiting season because I'm like, 
no matter what I'm going through right now, this is his end game. Like this is the, this is where he's leading us. And it may be hard right now, but God's end game is amazing. And it just reminds me to hold on and trust him and remember that he's good. Yes. Yes. It's for us and through us as well. Right. We are in we are placed in a certain place at a certain time in a certain family with certain kids. Maybe if you have, a, you know, strong spirited willed children, you're there for a reason. Uh, and God is is working for you and through you. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. important. Yes. Um, especially I, I want to speak to the moms with infants because I think that's that's a hard stage when it feels like all you're doing is changing diapers, cleaning poop, babies, you know, all the gross things, right? Cleaning up, yeah. throw up, all of that. <laughs> so um, specifically for those moms, can you share some words of hope? Because that could feel very much like a waiting season, like a purposeless season, because mm-hmm. uh, it feels like, you know, you're not able to do what you feel like is a good thing or a, um, like you're on mission for God? Hmm. Uh, No season is purposeless with God. And so I've been in the infancy season four times. And um, there was a, there's a season where I left my job to come home with my kids. It was hard. Because I had I had always likened the fact that, oh, if God wants me on mission, I need to go out and I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to be here. And now here I find myself washing dishes and and changing diapers and and folding clothes. And I'm like, what why am I here? Like, and it wasn't that I didn't want to be a mom or anything like that, but it was just I had this idea that, oh, I want God to use me in this this way, which I considered good or great mm-hmm. or whatever. And I found myself folding clothes, getting behind on laundry, like crying yep. when the baby <laughs> was crying because I couldn't figure out why the baby was crying. Like I found myself in there. all those places wondering why I was here. And I, I began to realize like, why do I assume that this is not good? Like, what makes me think that where I am is not good? And I began to realize that it was really just a lot of worldly desires that I had that told me that this wasn't good. But I began to see, like, if the only thing that God ever wanted me to do was love on my children so they could see his love through me, would that be enough? that be enough for me, for my life? Because for God, that would be enough. That's what we have to understand. For God, it's not about platforms and, you know, all this stuff. For God, it's like, it's about directing people back to him. And if the person that I direct back to him is my child that is screaming and crying and I'm there and I'm present and I'm loving and it's hard, but I'm present and I'm there and I'm constantly directing back to God. If it's for my family who I'm cooking for, who barely says thank you at the time, I'm like, do you know how hard this meal was to cook? But the, the reality of it is when we look at what's good to God and we see that God gives us opportunities for his love to flow through us. And it doesn't have to be so grand as we think. We've likened good to like numbers. In order for me to share with 
uh, what God is doing, it has to be good if there's thousands of people that come to Christ. Well, what if it's just your child? For God, that's good. The scriptures say that that the that heaven bursts out into praise for one that comes to Christ. So for God, that's good. For us, it may feel like a waiting season and it may feel like, you know, I'm behind, but but based on whose calendar? Like mm-hmm. to God, we have to understand these things that we consider purposeless are so very purposeful, are so very purposeful. And it looks like, oh, I'm washing a dish or, you know, oh, I'm sitting up here with a sick child. We were talking about before, like our kids getting sick and how it feels like the moms have like these, this immune system from like, I'm like, how is our immune system so strong sometimes (laughs) to care for all the sick people? But you're caring for um, a child that's sick and thinking, oh, it's getting in the way, but, but maybe it's not. And that's what I've begun to realize is that all the things that we consider purposeless, many of those little things are powerful, powerful things. And they're evidence of the goodness of God and the love of God shines through and reigns through those things. So don't think so low of, of being at home and washing a dish and making food and cuddling a baby. Those things are purposeful and powerful to God. Amazing, powerful words, Dominique. I love this. I'm so happy that we had a chance to talk. I'd love for you to um, talk about your mission and organization. You've built an amazing community of moms called Faith Mama's Tribe. Tell us a little bit more about that and its purpose. Yeah, so Faith Mama's Tribe is hilarious because I did not think it was going to be a ministry. It's one of those things where we, we were just talking about like those little things that you don't think are have any purpose to them. You're just going about life and you realize that God is doing something through those things. And Faith Mamas was one of them. So just a little backstory. The way that it got started was that I just had my third child and I couldn't get out to go to like Bible studies and stuff because I had like three kids, like who's getting all these children dressed and trying to go to a Bible (laughs) study. And then I had to get myself dressed, do my hair. I'm like, that's not going to happen. And so I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if there's some women online that may want to study the Bible together. Like maybe some of my friends, we can just like do something on Facebook. So that's kind of how it started. And it just grew and more women came that couldn't get their kids dressed to go to church. (laughs) Like it just was hard. Um, So (laughs) more women came, more women came. Um, Then women that were moms, women that weren't moms, people were just telling people and I'm watching this and I'm like, what is happening? I don't understand what's happening. Um, And then we had a little snafu with Facebook where, you know, the page got hacked and all this stuff happened. And I'm like, oh, no, like I'm thinking this is the worst thing in the world. Right. And it wasn't. And in prayer, I'm praying and praying, God, what do we do? God, what do we do? And it just hit my heart. Build your own app. What do you mean? Mm. I don't know what to, I don't know how to build an app. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Um, and long story short, uh, the Lord connected me with some people, and we were able to build an app for women, um, Christian women that want to connect uh, with Christ and community daily and deeply. We study the Bible together every morning at six a.m. You can watch it live or watch on the replay, and then we have an app where you can connect with one another. Um, you know, when I when I when Facebook started. 
it's so funny. I was around when Facebook started. So and I was yeah, in college. I and, right? <laughs> it was that time where only college students could get into Facebook. Yeah. And um, it's changed a lot. And for mm-hmm. a lot of people, it's a very stressful place. And so having a uh, an online social platform that's just for Christian women, um, where the content is um, content that's going to constantly put, point you back to Christ and um, encourage you. It's just, I, I'm actually amazed. And it, it came out of a season of my life that I considered a waiting season, but it really wasn't. I thought I was waiting to be done with infancy, but I didn't know that that very season was the season God was using. I didn't know that this little group that I was, I only started this group because I had an infant and I couldn't connect with people in the way that I was used to. And I was a little salty about having to start this group because I wanted to be out and about and doing all the things. But I'm like, well, this is the only way I can really connect with people because I'm struggling with three kids. I like for me, it was really hard. Like, you know, when my third child came, there was some health things that I was going through and it was just hard in general. Um, And so it was never something that I thought that would happen like this. And now there's like thousands of women that are joining and that are studying the Bible and connecting with Christ in community daily and deeply um, from what I thought was a waiting season, but really it wasn't. And it just kind of goes back to, you know, what is good to God? God is always up to redemption and reconciliation. Always, no matter what season we're in, Mm -hmm. that's always his plan. And Faith Mamas really shows that. So I would love for you guys to come and join us um, in the app or on the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. It'd be yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's such an uplifting, encouraging place, Dominique. And I love that there are also uh, sub communities within it. So there are groups based on your specific need that you might want to, you know, you might want to connect with someone who is um, maybe a single mom. Um, and there are ways to do that. So I think that's amazing. I also love the fact that you took that step of obedience to create the app even though you didn't know how to. It's like you um, you felt really unequipped and God equipped you on the way. Mm-hmm. And I just love the fact that he works in those mighty ways um, through our obedience. Amen. So Dominique, what is next for Faith Mamas? Oh, that's a great question. What is next for Faith Mamas? So the next big thing that we've got going on is we have our retreat. So last year we actually mm-hmm. did our first in-person retreat, which I was kind of nervous about because, you know, we're still kind of like, is it COVID? Is it not COVID? Like, I don't know what's going on. So (laughs) so I was kind of nervous about it, but we did that. And so this year we're doing that retreat again. And so I'm really excited about it. And it's a place where we can, I always say, if you like mornings with Jesus, which is what we do in the mornings, we do something called mornings with Jesus every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And I say, if you like that, then the retreat is like, that, but in person for a whole weekend on a mountain. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. And also another thing that's coming that I'm that, oh, I'm really excited about this is um, in-person groups, like in-person meetup groups in different places all over the world, including Bahamas, Italy, um, here in the States. I'm just really pumped about this and that Faith Mamas is moving to places where we're coming offline a little bit and, and meeting people in person um, and forming in those relationships with people we can hug and reach out and touch. Um, so I love that God is like, you have the virtual component and now I'm building the in-person component 
because both are needed. So I'm excited about that. Oh, man. Beautiful and so needed. It's so needed. You know, community does such amazing things, whether it's virtual or in person. So, wow. I'll be praying for your organization. I love it. Dominique, it has been such an honor to have you on today. We'll have all the links to get connected to Faith Mamas and Dominique in the show notes. So everyone go check it out. Awesome. Thank you. That was Dominique Young of Faith Mamas. And if you want to be connected with her and get involved with the beautiful community of Faith Mamas that she has on her app, all of those links are in the show notes. Coming up on the show... Over the next few weeks, my guests and I are going to be focusing on nutrition and the body. How do we take care of those things when it feels like we're always running on fumes, we're exhausted, and we can't add one more thing to our plate? So mama, follow the show wherever you're listening. And if you want an email alert, go to momsgrabcoffee.com. Okay, that's a wrap for today. And I'll catch you again next Monday for a cup of coffee with a side of faith wisdom, and hope.